Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney. Vivian is here to talk to you, to encourage you, and to show you how she had a successful homeschooling experience with her Wildflower Academy, and that her kids turned out great, and that with God's help, you can create the same experience she did. From her beginnings in Hostert, West Germany, to Dallas, it's been quite a journey, and her abilities to adapt, survive, and thrive are what make her unique in homeschooling. So have your pen and paper ready. It's The Sociable Homeschooler. And now, here's your host, Vivian McNinney. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. You shall teach these words diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. Deuteronomy chapter 6 verses 5 to 7. When we read these verses we find we are to teach God's word diligently not only on a Sunday at Mass, or in the morning at devotions, or in passing as a warning, but in our daily life, and that means walking the talk, my favourite theme. Dortz was telling me about a young woman she knows who's having reservations about her marriage. She's a good, strong Christian, so I know she's not really going to leave him, she told me, and in the next breath mentioned how flirty she was when they went out as a group at Christmas. Flirty is not exactly the way a married Christian woman should act when out without her husband. Dortz agrees, and I can tell she's having a little trouble sorting through obvious contradictions in terms of her supposedly devout Christian friend. Again, a crew member at one of the theatres at college cussed and swore backstage, and when Dortz saw a cross around his neck, she thought, Are you kidding me? Noticing the chasm between what they say and how they behave, Watching young people who proclaim themselves Christians by wearing the cross and quoting from the Baltimore Catechism of Childhood Sunday School versus their secular expressions are unsettling first steps into the real world for my children. I'm confident that after spending all my time with them, living out my Christian lifestyle with God's help, when the books closed and they were released from their chains at the kitchen table, they'll form their own personal relationship with their Saviour, and I'm here to talk them through it any time they ask. Hello there. Welcome to The Sociable Homeschooler. My name's Vivian McNenny, and I'm here to dispel the preconceived ideas many have about what educating our children at home looks like. For many, it's school. For me, it's my fulfillment as a wife and mother. I crafted a lifestyle that will leave me knowing without a doubt that I gave my all and am well pleased. Over the years, I've spoken to a wide range of mothers and fathers who not only place the responsibility of child-rearing above their highest joy, but have also found they don't have to venture far from the kitchen table in order to find wholeness within themselves. Although my guest today is going a bit further than her backyard, but more about that later. Going against what everyone expects us to do in order to unleash the fount of happiness takes courage. You have to work at your own heart issues and find out how you can pursue your passions and live your dreams. God has equipped you with everything you need to live your life fully. It's all within. So listen up while I spout on about how I've jumped in and out of my box, gaining insights and delights along the way that I'm happy to share with you. I enjoy the diversity of the culture we call homeschooling, an umbrella term embracing the learning that takes place outside the traditional educational arena. With or without my children underfoot, my life is often ordinary, always busy and sometimes frustrating, but for me it starts and ends with God, the beauty of his creation, a smiling face, the rising moon, a rousing piece of music or a simple hug. I'd love to offer you a mug of peachy 
PG tips to fortify this hour and a chocolate biscuit to tickle your taste buds and encourage you to stay. But you're on that side and I'm here broadcasting live from East Texas, a small community on a golf course with lakes where my blue-eyed cowboy and I are spending some time while God decides what to do with us next. After the first break, I'll be bringing you part two of my conversation with Renee Tugar about her family's upcoming through hike along the Appalachian Trail, which will begin in April. During the show, I'll be exploring what that means and let her tell you how the preparations are going when I bring you part two of the recorded conversation we had before things got too busy for her to take a break on her lo- in her local cafe to chat with me. I'm all set, so grab whatever it is you're drinking and let me engage you with the latest and greatest from the household of the McNinnies, where we dreamed with our children and encouraged them to be creative, responsible and upstanding citizens. Are you ready? I have little news from the week. For the most part, we spend our days pursuing our own interests. My Texan loves to wheel and deal. He writes proposals, comes up with schemes and has several projects in the fire. His patience is legion. I'm able to read and write because he provides for me and I have so many manuscripts, essays and poems bubbling away. I really need to take a leaf out of Renee's book and work on one thing at a time, even if it is only for one day a week. I need to complete at least one of my manuscripts and now I know I don't have to push myself to work on it every day. And by so doing, not work on it at all because I can't meet my unrealistic demands. A few thousand words a week will do. On each project. Well, there I go again. I don't enjoy going to the grocery store at the best of times, but here it is grim in this sleepy little town. The only time I'll agree to go out in the car is when there's a park or nature preserve on offer. Consequently, the only company I get all week is my blue-eyed cowboys and my mother-in-law's a little. The children call frequently and I chat with them, but I'm longing for my friends, a younger crowd brought to me by my children's culture, swanky malls to window shopping, traffic... I didn't just say traffic, did I? Maybe not traffic. I even expressed disappointment at missing the two 48-hour tube strikes in London last week and this week. That would have been very interesting to see how Transport for London put on extra buses to fill the void left by a standstill on the London Underground. It's getting pretty dire down here. Imagine then my delight a couple of weeks ago when a friend proposed she and her husband would come and see us. We laid on coffee, lunch, cake, and even went for a drive around the lakes and golf course and walked through a little bird sanctuary I'd never stopped at, but was remarkably devoid of birds. They were in the trees on the other side of the road. Didn't they know this was their sanctuary? My friend is a photographer, and she did manage to snap some shots of the pelican who have graced one of the lakes with their presence for spring nesting. We had a most welcome visit, and I learned that the home I'm living in is indeed a lovely place. Up until seeing it through their eyes and facial expressions, they were overawed by the spaciousness of the house and its general layout, which I, in my familiarity, was taking for granted. I was reluctant to host the meeting of any of my children's friends here at Hideaway. It's not my place. It doesn't truly express who I am. Nothing about the ranch reflects my style or echoes my personality. Yada, yada, yada. I was full of excuses. The children understood... So we did our meeting and greeting of their friends on their turf, where our furniture lived, where we felt comfortable and authentic. After having my friends visit, I changed my mind. 
They were impressed and thought the house was large, roomy, comfortable and welcoming. Not that I'm all about impression, but I thought, perhaps this house does reveal more about who I am than I'm aware of. My mother-in-law is a lonely widow, active and not in need of care, but a lover of company, a great talker and a gracious host. My ease in her home reveals that I'm able to make myself comfortable here, be it reluctantly at times, but me and God are working on that. In the serenity of the piney woods, I told my friend, God is preparing me for something, and the cardinal sang his familiar song. I am being prepared. Bring on the friends, children. I'm ready to meet them wherever I am. I mentioned writing on one of my projects once a week instead of setting myself the challenge of every day, or not at all. Renée gave me that idea in her blogging about the whys for the through-hike she and her family are taking on the Appalachian Trail, AT for short, in April. She writes over at www.toastsalad.com, her husband Damien's site. She says it's the next step in their family hiking journey. Their preparation has spanned years. Once-a-week hikes became regular family backpacking. Weekend backpacking planted a seed for through-hiking, she says. You see, it grew, it mushroomed, it snowballed. Renee continues with another why. We love the mountains. We're inspired by the mountains, and we identify with mountain culture and activities. We want to spend as much time as possible in the mountains. Do you think they're enamoured of the mountains? The Appalachians are one big mountain range, plenty of ways to satisfy their mountain love there. As good a reason as any to take an extended mountain trek. Another reason comes clear when she says, As a family, we want to live the kind of story that inspires us. I do too, and lots of Renee's inspiration crosses over onto mine. Only without the arduous walk. Stories of adventure, beauty, challenges and transformation. For the two guards, <clears throat> this is the AT through hike. For me, it's a property on land where people can come and retreat to, wind down, find beauty in the everyday, challenge their minds to work without being plugged in, and transform themselves from the inside out with silence. Hike, retreat. Different processes, same result. Living an inspired life. While I was in England the last time, my hairdresser friend from upstairs went to Peru, and there she had all her luggage stolen while on a short excursion for a few days. She said she unexpectedly was given the opportunity to do something she'd always wanted to do, travel and live with all her belongings on her back. Although the robbery was inconvenient, she thoroughly enjoyed the dream come true, even though the clothes she had weren't what she would have selected what she would have selected had the experience been planned. Renee and her family are minimalizing and are going to be taking their lightweight living philosophy to the next level by hiking for six months without their four walls and the kitchen sink. Many of the traveling families I interviewed last year have had a serious internal conversation about their relationship with stuff, owning and gathering a wealth of goods. Living in the outdoors, says Renee, with only the goods we can carry on our backs, feels like the next step in practicing this philosophy. And I think it's time to formally introduce Renee Tugar, who's been my guest several times on this show. Go to my site and search her name. She's a fascinating listen. 
She lives at least for the next two months in a house on the side of a mountain in the Gaspé Peninsula of Quebec in Canada. She is a lifelong homeschooler of three children, a a pre-teen girl and two teens, a boy and another girl. Her husband Damien is a computer technology expert and together they're a family of writers and designers, artists and engineers, homemakers, adventurers, readers, programmers, photographers, outdoor enthusiasts and followers in the way of Christ. They're my kind of people and that's why Renee is a frequent visitor. As location-independent family, they live, work and play together all day, every day and have been planning their six months away from the hearth together for a while. As we speak, or as I speak, they're busy preparing for the adventure of a lifetime in many different ways, but I'll let Renee tell you all about it herself. At the end of part one of the conversation, which you heard on February the 7th, she'd shared with me what the inside of her tent looked like. After the break, we'll pick up from there. You're listening to The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet Radio, and this is Vivian McNenny. Go and get something to drink, and I'll be back in just a sec. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Mark Lipinski is coming to Toginet. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski, a live two-hour show Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Creative Mojo. It's fun, entertaining, informative, inspirational, and illuminating. Lipinski has worked on such shows as Oprah, The View, The Joan Rivers Show, and Ricky Lake. He's busy, but he's got the drive to share with Creative Mojo, dedicated to the modern crafter and crafting lifestyle. Dive into the info and enjoy everything from celebs to entertainment news to recipes, quilting and needlework, knitting, painting, woodworking, Christmas crafts, and so much more. This show boldly encourages you to discover and harness your own creative spirit by living creatively every day. For more on Mark and the show, check out marklepinski.com. Don't miss the fun. It's Creative Mojo with Mark Lipinski. Wednesday afternoon starting at 3, 2 central on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Well, Renee, you were saying to me when we took a little break that um, you take a lot of what you're doing for granted, you, you presume that everybody's on the same page as you. And so I asked you the question, what does the inside of your tent look like? And you said, well, what do you mean? So expand a little bit more on, on that and how you're going to be gearing your video, perhaps to people who have no clue about camping or hiking or living outdoors. Well, what we're going to be doing with the video is simply showing what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll be videoing actual hiking we have we have ideas in mind about different different things we would focus on while we're hiking our, we, our video will also it uh to people who subscribe and then they you know they write us their comments and questions we will respond to those mm-hmm. things in the video um so if people say well what does it look like to do this 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 you know, we can show people what it looks like mm-hmm. um and we're really looking forward to sharing what it does look like to be on the trail with a family to 
an audience of people that is maybe not familiar with the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. I, I happen to be a part of a, maybe like a subculture of people who are quite familiar with backpacking and hiking. And I forget that there's a lot of people who don't really know what that looks like. And mm-hmm. I would love to share that with people because it's something that brings us so much joy and is just such a in, like an integral part of our life, and we've gained so much from it. I'd love to share that with people. Mm. Well, I know when I go walking, when I walk here, I'm I'm in a in a very woody area of East Texas. I don't take anything with me. Whatever fits in my pockets is all that goes with me. When I'm in London, I'm walking around. I have a I have a bag slung across my shoulder. And I find I can't do my regular walk with that bag slung across my shoulder because it's just just cumbersome and it's heavy. It's not oh, yeah. really he- it's not really heavy, but it's a lot heavier than nothing. And so, how do you remember a time when you felt that having something on your back slowed you down, walked, made you tired, was uncomfortable, and didn't and took away from the joy of the hike? Oh yeah, I remember very clearly. Mm-hmm. I, I cried a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and part of that was just finding a good fit mm-hmm. in terms of a backpack. Um, but you know, it was an adjustment. You know, in terms of starting to carry a lot of stuff on your back. Like I would say, mostly the the biggest adjustment was moving from just regular hiking to carrying a backpack that has two or three days worth of gear. So I didn't find it to be really cumbersome to wear a backpack. Maybe that's because, you know, I, I, I've used a backpack for many years just as a means of carrying things. So when I was, a, you know, a student um, in university, I used a backpack, obviously, for all my books. That was really heavy. And and I walked. You know, I, I've always been interested in walking, so I walked with this heavy backpack, heavier than a lot of my hiking backpacks have been. So I think walking with a backpack wasn't such a big deal. It was then transitioning to carrying you know three days worth of stuff in this backpack Mm -hmm. and that that was difficult um because your muscles aren't strong they haven't built up the strength and so um you know i'm my body is not at this stage strong enough even for what we're going to be doing but when we start we start slow and we build up the strength so it's not like you have to be all ready to hike six months before you get there. You actually start slow. At least that's gonna, that's our strategy. Okay. Yeah. Now, now you said you were in charge of the itinerary. Is is that right? You're well, in, sort of. I'm not so much in charge of the itinerary. It's a very straightforward itinerary. We start in Georgia, Maine. We end. Sorry, we start in Georgia. Georgia. We end in Maine, and you follow the white blazes. The AT okay. is is all these white white trail markers. Okay. The the itinerary from for me that I'm speaking of is um, we've had people offer to help us along the way, which we are so thankful for. And I'm the person who is corresponding with them and I'm putting all of their names right now into like a spreadsheet showing where they are on the trail. So we kind of have an idea, you know, which states people are wanting to host us in and that kind of thing. Gosh, so, yeah, wonderful, wonderful. Um, and who's deciding how far you go each day? What are your stopping points? How long do you stop? Are you walking every single day? You're going to take some days off. We won't be walking every single day. No. So we will, like when we go into town stops, um, we will either take full days off or we will be taking half the day off. We It will really play it by ear. But we do have to have a very steady 
you know, forward progression in order to do it in six months. We can't just laze around. No. <laughs> so, um, but, but you don't have to walk every single day. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to, our health is really important to us. So, and our children's health. Um, so it's not like we are going to push beyond what we're capable, but we are going to push. And that's part of it to like push the edge of our, our boundaries a bit. In fact, our video po- project is called Beyond Our Boundaries. And that just means kind of taking life outside of the usual boundaries of family life and what's kind of expected or maybe normal and going beyond that and seeing what that's like. And for us, it happens to be in an outdoor setting. Um, so I don't know if I answered the, all that question, but... Yes, uh, I was asking, are you walking every day? And So you've got okay. a... You you said somewhere that you were walking between 12 and 20 miles a day. So probably at the beginning, it'll be the lower end. And as you progress, it'll get to the higher end. If it's a particularly easier trail, because 20 miles is what? Four hours of walking, five hours of walking? What do you think? I, I don't actually, it really depends on the terrain. Yes. But really, we will be walking all day. Okay. So like with you know you start in the morning and i honestly don't know what time we're going to be starting it really depends on we've got five of us and how you know the breakfast and all that kind of stuff but we will walk in the morning we will stop for lunch and probably a little break around lunchtime especially in hotter weather often people will stop for a swim somewhere Mm -hmm. you know it's you're going by places that have lakes and Mm -hmm. streams Mm -hmm. and then you walk for the afternoon and um, then you stop for supper and, and on the trail, people go to bed early. Like it gets dark and your body's tired. So you go to bed usually be by nine o'clock, mm-hmm. even before. Mm-hmm. And then you start again the next day. And so when we start, we'll be, we will be doing less mileage. I don't know, maybe eight to 12 miles a day. And then, um, then as we go through easier areas, we'll do more. But then once we get into New Hampshire and the White Mountains, you, you do less again because it's the terrain there is really much more rigorous. Okay. So by terrain, you're meaning um, the elevation up and down or exactly. what's actually, not what's I, actually under your feet? No, I mean the elevation gains okay. and losses because you act, <laughs> this is the thing, the Appalachian Trail, it, it, it's like uh, in reading about it and talking to other people who have done it, um, it's like when they designed it, they wanted to make it so that you were like summiting and going down all the time. That's what that's oh. what people said it's like. It's not just like kind of staying on the mountaintops. You're going up the mountain and then down the mountain and then to the, it's like this up and down, up okay. and down. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Are there shelters along the way? Could you maybe camp yes. out in a shelter? Yeah. Yes, the whole trail has shelters along the way. In fact, some people do it without a tent, oh. uh, but. But for our family purposes, trying to fit five of us into a shelter is, it's just, it's too, um, too awkward and too difficult because some of these shelters get full really fast. So, and I also want the privacy. Um, so there is shelters along the whole way. So you say you want the privacy, some of the shelters would already have people in them? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. And we've done short weekend backpacking trips when we lived in Maine where we would um, hike close to the Appalachian Trail and we would stay at some of these shelters. And the people we met at the shelters were so interesting and we we really loved it. Um, so there is a certain part of that that we are looking forward to, just hanging out with people who are hiking the trail and then you meet at night around the shelters and are sharing meals together and talking about your day. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And um, pitching your tent, tents, um, you, are there places where you can do that? I'm, I'm envisioning a field or something like that, which there probably isn't. So how do you do that? Yeah, not not so many fields. Um, <laughs> the, the Appalachian Trail is also referred to as the Green Tunnel. It's it's very uh, forested and quite green. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are areas to pitch tents the, around the shelters. There's areas, and then you can also kind of stealth camp in between shelters. Um, stealth is when you're technically not allowed to camp in those areas, oh. <laughs> but a lot of places you are walking through national forests and you can really camp anywhere you want. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. What kind of animals are you expecting to see? We're, you know, mostly the run of the mill, I mean like birds and squirrels Mm -hmm. and rodent type things. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love to see more, you know, larger um, mammal, you know, I'd love to see a bear. I think that would be really cool, especially since they're black bears. I, mm-hmm. I, I'm not keen on coming close to a grizzly, mm-hmm. um, but that does that is not a concern <laughs> on the Appalachian Trail. So any but black bears, probably, you might? No, I don't yeah. mean probably, but you could. Yeah, we okay. could, yeah. I'm and, not looking forward to coming across snakes in the south. I okay. hope... I, I don't look forward to that. <laughs> well, I think I think you track tromping along, making enough noise for them to get out of your way, unless they get completely taken unawares. So I suppose uh, yeah, that's the upside of that. Have you read Bill Bryson's A Walk in the Woods? I read m- most of it, and then oh, yeah. I actually yeah. stopped. Okay. <laughs> okay, okay, because I can remember laughing like like crazy in the first few chapters there when he went with his friend. But anyway, so that's that's something else. Um, are you going to write a book? Um, you know, I, I, I don't know that I have the discipline it takes to write a book. Well, um, you're not going to be blogging and publishing every day, so maybe you could just type it all in and make it into a book. Maybe your six months. It's it's not actually one of our goals okay. of this trip. The video project is our the way we want to share it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we'd write a book, but there's honestly been lots of books written about hiking the Appalachian Trail. Okay, well, think of a different angle, maybe. Yeah, oh. like with a family. <laughs> <laughs> with a family, yes. All right. Um, so, as a homeschooling family, I know your life, you explained to us earlier that your life is really integrated. Everything you do is um, part of the lifestyle of homeschooling. So, your work, you and your husband both work at home. You're around the children all the time. Um, everything you do, including the preparation for this um, hike and um, the the making of the video is something that you're doing as a family all together and so this trail I know your children are going to have oh it'll be really interesting to to read or at least look at some of the drawings that they that they come up with um, during the six months and how they develop and and mature physically and mentally from the trail but Renee how how do you think it's going to benefit you mentally physically for you know future um how how do you how do you see yourself growing on the trail i think the main thing is that i i i really hope (laughs) i come out of this feeling really strong Mm -hmm. um and i think you have to in order to finish it you have to believe you are strong enough to do it so I think in order to actually successfully do it, we're going to have to believe that we're, we have the strength mentally and physically. And, um, and, I, I, and also like a sense of resiliency 
And that's one of the things that we really want to give our kids. But you can't give resiliency to somebody. They actually have to have experiences that hardwire that into them, that challenge them so that they actually build the resiliency. And and it's interesting because we have a quite sheltered life. You know, we don't put our children in difficult situations generally that make them, you know, they don't go to school, they're not bullied. Well, they're kind of sheltered and in some ways uh, definitely protected from a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But we're, we, we don't want them to not develop resiliency and strength. And I think this is one of the things we're looking forward to about this trip. And one of the reasons we really want to do it is that doing something like this together, we're going to be overcoming a lot of challenges on a very regular basis in a very beautiful environment. So that's one of the things that, you know, it's challenging, but you're in a awe-inspiring um environment that kind of counterbalances the, the, you know, the hardships that you go through while, while having this personal growth. Um, and I think going through this together will help us all develop a lot of resiliency and just saying we can do it. Like, and so that when my kids and even myself, um, come across new challenges I mean that's what life is you're always facing new challenges so you face that new challenge and then you have this one that you've been successful at to look back and say wow I did that I can do this thing Mm. and I want that for my kids so bad I I want that for myself but I, I want it for them that when they face things our kids are are in their teenage years and preteen years, and we think these are really important years um, for developing the character that we want to see them have for their adult life. Mm-hmm. And I think an experience like this is just going to help um, really form that character. And also in myself, it's like we're always growing. You're so right, Renee. We are always growing. And it's time for me to go on another short break. You're listening to The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet Radio. And this is Vivian McNenny. I'm talking to Renee Tugar about her family's upcoming through hike of the Appalachian Trail. Uh, We'll be back in just a moment. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian McNinney, the sociable homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lippman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more. It's Baby and Toddler Instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginet. 
And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. Each child, each one of your children is going to be bringing something different to the trail. Would you say, Renee, that each one of them is um, enthusiastic, keen? Are they all looking forward to it? So they're all very different in personality. Actually, I shouldn't say that. The younger two are kind of closer in personality, but they approach it with the very really in line with kind of who they are. So our oldest is generally reserved um, about all kinds of things, but she's also a very steady, um, like in our regular hiking and backpacking, she is the one who is maybe the least enthusiastic outwardly because um, she's she's just, she's an introvert. She keeps lots of her thoughts and feelings to herself, mm-hmm. but she's also the one who is just very steady in on the trail and she's just steady as she goes but she doesn't have maybe that that bubble of enthusiasm that you know uh, an extrovert might have so then my our son he is just full of enthusiasm he's just like he's so excited about the people he's gonna meet he's like wants to he's excited about the animals that he's gonna see so he's got lots of enthusiasm but then he also um will need encouragement along the trail when it gets tough mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and and our youngest is the most competitive of all of us um i don't know if it's because she's the youngest and she feels like she's had to keep up i think she's just kind of wired that way um and, and then she's also the youngest so maybe they, they work together and she's very competitive and she never wants to be left behind mm-hmm. and 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 whenever we you know in our regular hiking and backpacking if if the group you know, it's kind of falling behind her. She's kind of dragging. We put her in front and then we just, we go hard (laughs) because she's leading us. So they're all very different and they're kind of approaching it very in keeping with who they are. So it's not all out enthusiasm from all of them. Um, We've done backpacking and they know it's difficult, um, but they also know the rewards that come from it Mm -hmm. and we love spending that time together so that's I guess that kind of answers that question yes and did and do you think they understand that um this is something that not very many people get to do yeah I think they do um but of course why us mom then (laughs) They actually don't ask that. They, they, it's just kind of who we are, yeah. right? It's yeah. like you grow in the home that you grow up in, that's your normal. Mm-hmm. So for them, it's not like this is necessarily normal, but it's not out of character for our family. Mm-hmm. It's not like, wow, I cannot believe we're doing this. Yeah. Where did this come from? Yeah. It, it It's in keeping with our family character and our culture. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to go back to your video. Are you scripting your video? But I, I don't, I don't, I don't know, because I'm sure that your video is going to have audio, an audio track to it. So we're going to be able to hear some of what you're saying as you're videoing. Oh yeah. Uh, but are you? I think I asked this. Are you going to have an overdub script that goes with it? That's what I want to know. So I'm not exactly sure what you mean by an overdub script. Okay. Um, do you want like explain? a commentary? Oh well, you know it's going to be really varied. It, it's not. It's not like one. 
it's not like it's going to be just one way. So we will have um, us on video talking. So it, it it'll be like us talking talking to each other mm-hmm. on the trail in mm-hmm. camp, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then our editor will also take segments of just video and pair them with music or maybe some audio that we submit to him separately. Um, so it's going to be like a mix and match of things. Mm-hmm. Okay. And as far as scripting, I, we don't have some overall like uh, script in mind. We may script certain segments, but it's not going to be. It, there's no way it can all be scripted because writing scripts takes a lot of time, and we're out there hiking. Mm-hmm. So no, it will not, for the most part, be scripted. But your very first one, you're going to be doing before you even go. Yes, actually, a few will be pu- okay. published before we go. Okay, and that's going to take in preparation, thoughts, ideas, that kind of thing? Yes. In fact, before I got on this um, call with you, I was working on the video with the kids. (laughs) Okay. 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 Um, Oh, gosh. What else was I going to ask you? Scripting your video and... um, Oh, your home. I I know you rent right now. And you're yeah. obviously going to pack it up and leave it because you're not going to leave it empty and still pay rent on it while you're going across, you know, walking 2,000 miles. So how, how is that working? How, how, so, how much time are you giving yourself to pack it all up and be done? We're giving ourselves as little time as, yeah, <laughs> as we yeah, possibly yeah. do it. But this is what we're doing is we are um, – storing our stuff at the next place we're living. So when we get off the trail, we're going to be house-sitting for another family who's going on an adventure, a different kind of adventure, okay. more of a traveling, um, staying in hotels and, not hotels, but like, you know, renting places to stay kind of thing. Um, and we're actually house-sitting for them. So we will be storing our stuff. Uh, they have extra space at their house um, because we, we don't... Ha- have like tons of furniture and stuff we kind of downsized our life a couple years ago so we don't have you know a large amount of stuff it still seems a lot to me I want to downsize even more (laughs) but um, we will be storing our stuff there and where is there Uh, it's another it it, right in our community they live you know they live in the same community we live in oh so you're still going to be on the Gaspé Peninsula Mm -hmm right there yes yes Yes. okay okay i imagined you were going to move everything just across to maine you were going to end up in maine but maine is where you used to live yep yes so you'll be seeing picking up and visiting some friends once you finish the trail do you think well you know we only have six months um that's a a combination of the visa you know requirements coming into the states and also maintaining our status here in terms of all of our insurance and health insurance and stuff. So we will probably not have a lot of time for visiting when we're done, unless we're really fast. Okay. But we won't have a lot of time for just lazing around. And <laughs> no. Well, I, I hadn't thought that you would need a visa. Of course, you're coming from Canada, so of course you will. Okay. Well, actually, it's so that you don't need a visa. That's what it oh, is. Oh, 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 oh. Okay. Yeah. So- but you know, again, I'm a little bit fuzzy on that because that's all in Damien's domain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're going to be house sitting for a family. So you're going to take all of your, or just 
send all of your stuff wherever to their house which is close by in your community which is that's very handy well good at least you'll come back to something familiar in September familiar surroundings at least yeah and that whole thing of being able to find another place to live Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that was like such a god thing we felt because to find some place to live that just the timing of it all and that there's extra space to store our stuff um and we, we were able to secure that like last year, almost a year ago. Mm-hmm. So we had that piece in place, which gave us a lot of peace of mind because we don't want to be on the trail wondering, well, now where are we going to live? Yes, I know. <laughs> yes, I wondered that. And how long, how long is their place going to be vacant for? Uh, you mean how long are we staying there? Yes, a house, house sitting for. Uh, nine to ten months. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, um, Renee, is there anything else that you want to talk about that I've missed? I covered the food. I covered your learning and meeting people, preparation, your video. Well, I think um, something I would like to add is a lot of people have told me things along the lines of, I could never do that. Okay. You know, and... I really think that's kind of funny because I don't feel that I can always do it either. Mm-hmm. And it's it's kind of like just working at something um, and, and believing that you can do it um, versus saying, oh, I could never do something like that. And, and so um, I think it's going to be an interesting experience for me to realize that, oh, I can do something like this. And... Um, I guess I would want to encourage people, and this is one of the things we want to share also in our video, to open up their minds to the possibilities of the things that that they are maybe closing their minds to as thinking they can't do. And I'm not saying everybody's going to hike the AT. That's mm-hmm. not it at all. But the things that we think as families aren't available to us because lo- not very many families do them, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Um I want to encourage people to think outside that box. Mm-hmm. And that's part of our whole Beyond the, Our Boundaries um, video project idea. Well, and I think the, the a wonderful thing about you and Damien is that you are you do both have the same interests. And I know at the start of your marriage, you didn't have those interests, did you? He said to you one day, I, I love hiking and I would really love it even more if you would come with me. Yeah, it was kind of like that. But um, I am, I do love nature mm-hmm. and I love the outdoors in the sense of just, just being outdoors, but I did not always love the physical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. And that's something I have grown into. Mm-hmm. And I had to go through a, a period of, personal growth in that and it was difficult but it it's been very worth it Mm -hmm. um and so yeah exactly it's not something that's natural for me or like uh uh, i grew up doing or that is you know i'm predisposed (laughs) to do it's something i've learned Mm -hmm. um but there's been a lot of gains in it for me and and i just i love the beauty of nature and so that he had that in his favor (laughs) getting me on board (laughs) absolutely and i think um, yes, thinking, oh, I could never do that. I think as a couple, if you 
whatever you decide to do, if you can do it wholeheartedly together, you and Damien have got each other, your children have got you, and you've got your children, your whole family are doing this together. I mean, how wonderful, how wonderful is that? Yeah, I I feel the same way. I, I feel really blessed with my family. And I just, I think that's where it's at in terms of the making things, doing things interesting and and living an interesting and inspiring life just to be inspired by just what we're doing. Never mind looking at other people, what they're doing and be inspired by it, but just doing something inspiring in your own life mm-hmm. when you can do it together, when you can support each other and carry each other's burdens and partner your strengths and your weaknesses. It's, it's, um, I'm really passionate about that, actually, because I think it's a really wonderful way to live. Mm. So you do know that your your life is extraordinary. Um, I guess it's extraordinary, and I in that I'm loved and I'm blessed, and I have a wonderful marriage and great kids. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I guess. Yeah, well, when when I talk to my children about what we do, there are so many people out there that there are millions of them doing the same thing, you know, that nine to five going to the office. And yet my children are very artistic. You know, one's a filmmaker, one's a dancer, another one trains birds. When you figure out how, what percentage of the population do that, it is so tiny. It is yeah. such a tiny percent. And I say to my children, you are so blessed that you can do that and that you can make a living from doing something that you're passionate about. Every single one of my children and myself and my husband live by doing something that we love to do. And I am forever blessed by that. And I remind myself and my children all the time, you know, some days are just dead boring. But (laughs) in the big scheme of things, our lives are pretty extraordinary. Yes, that's like a I I love that perspective, Vivian. Mm. It's it's a blessing. And I actually do that burdens me sometimes. What I I was just thinking about that this morning, actually, just the freedom and the opportunity I have. And what am I doing with that? Mm-hmm. You know, am I using that gift to its full potential? And am I helping other people to reach that potential also? And um, so, but that's a whole nother conversation. So we won't go there, but no, no. but I, I love your reminder. And I, that's one of the reasons I love talking with you. I, I, I just, um, I love where you point me <laughs> and the things that you remind me of. Well, Renee, we've come to the end of your time. I want you to know that I will be thinking of you and your family the whole time you're out on that trail. I'll be praying for you, and I hope you enjoy your adventure together. Oh, thanks, Vivian. It was great talking with you. Thank you. It's time for me to go on my final break. You're listening to The Sociable Homeschooler on Toganet Radio, and this is Vivian Magnini. I was talking to Renee Tugar, and I'll be back after these few messages. How do you handle toddlers, teens, and tirades when homeschooling? That's what we're working on now. It's Vivian Magnini, The Sociable Homeschooler, and we'll be right back after these. Hi, everybody. This is Pete Six of Beatles and Beyond. Why don't we all come together and hear some of the tracks off the latest Beatles release on this radio station. 
Yes, why don't you look up the schedules on this radio station and join me and Beatles listeners everywhere to hear the latest releases from the Beatles on Beatles and Beyond with Pete Dix. Welcome back to The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney, the show for any homeschooler at any point in their homeschooling career. Join us as we plow through the problems, tackle the challenges, and celebrate the successes. It's The Sociable Homeschooler on Toginac. And now back to your host, Vivian McNinney. You're listening to The Sociable Homeschooler at Toginet Radio. I'm your host, Vivian McNinney, and I was talking to Renee Tugar, a homeschooler preparing to go on a through-hike along the Appalachian Trail. I think you'll agree Renee brings her love for intentional family living, enthusiasm for the natural world, and a passion for lifelong learning to everything she does. They live on a mountainside in Quebec and have decided to use the gift of not being tied down to an office desk and staff and PTA meetings to take their children on a momentous hike. They love the outdoors and spend each week backpacking, hiking, skiing and walking. The real preparation will start in earnest when they reach the AT, where they will start slowly and build their physical and mental strength. You can find Renee at www.finby.tugar.net, blogging about the upcoming adventure, and Damien at www.toesalad.com, where you can read all about the through hike, how to support them and subscribe to their video series, which they recently funded through Kickstarter, a crowdfunding site. As I said at the end of our chat, I'll be thinking of them and praying for them every day that they enjoy this incredible adventure together. Plus, I'll be able to follow along on their journey by watching their video series. And both of their websites are linked on my main page at Tokenet Radio and on my website, The Sociable Homeschooler. While researching for this show, I came upon this Bible verse. You who ride on white donkeys... You who sit on rich carpets, you who travel on the road, sing. It's from Judges, chapter 5, verse 10. What a lovely send-off. Rich carpets will be the ground beneath their feet. Their white donkeys will be their feet, clad in minimalist or barefoot shoes, and their voices will be their own. Sing as if no one's listening. Oh, and I didn't know Renee actually does sing. I should have guessed by her beautiful, mellifluous speaking voice, shouldn't I? Renee talked about her children and their personalities and how each one will bring something to the trail. They are the perfect age, 11, 13 and 15, young enough to still be dependent and old enough to pull their weight and bring their own special gifts to the hike. They will learn alongside their parents, walking along the way when they lie down to rest and when they awaken the Deuteronomy 6-7. They will be taught to achieve amazing things. By living this unique lifestyle, Renee and Damien will equip their children with something far greater than facts. They'll equip them with experience, how their bodies feel when they ache, how to set and accomplish goals, way to recognize personal strengths, practice at working as a team and overcoming difficult obstacles. I'm going to be talking a little about the video series now because it is part of their income while on the trail and I know you'll be enthused to subscribe and support them. This is an amazing aspect of the adventure. We can all experience it experience it with the Tugar family virtually. Not a word Renee's crazy about, but it's true. They'll not only tell the story, they'll offer practical ideas, encouragement and inspiration for family through hiking. 
In their nine-month video series, they plan to cover packing and gear, food and cooking, financial considerations, family hiking realities, the AT Trail itself, and thru-hiker culture. You, my listeners, may never thru-hike. You may never hike at all. But if you appreciate a good story, you'll want to follow along with Renee and Damien and their three children. So go to their websites and subscribe Renee and Damien have shared on their blog that the Appalachian Trail is a challenging thru-hike and the odds aren't in their favour to finish. Only about 20% of all those who attempt to complete the trail actually do. This is part of the appeal. If everyone could do it, where would the challenge be? They love wild places that are hard to reach and proving people wrong who like to say that can't be done. Even so, as responsible parents, they're not going to risk their children's or their own health and safety for the purpose of finishing at all costs. If they run out of money, or one of them experiences a major injury or illness, they'll have to get off the trail. Risk is an inherent liability of living. And, as with any human endeavour, there are no guarantees. I mean, after all, every time we hop into a car, we're taking a risk. This family are committed simply to doing their very best. And there are other ways you can participate from your couch. You can go to their website and check out the ways to sponsor them. Some people are hosting them along the trail. I wish I lived close to the trail. I'd love to have them stay for a day or ten and talk and talk and talk. If I lived close to the trail, I'd love to join them for a few days or weeks walking. Ha ha, not. (laughs) But if you do live close to the trail, go and walk for a while with them. They'd love your company. Take your children. The two girls enjoy making new friends. And of course, you can pray for them, as I'll be doing every day. Well... That's all I have time for this week. Time simply zooms past when there's no one to interrupt me doing my favourite thing, talking about homeschooling and the incredible doors it opens for parents and their children. Thanks for listening to The Sociable Homeschooler. I'm your host, Vivian McNenny. It'll be March before long, and we'll be into Lent and Easter preparations, and I'm already seeing jonquils and daffodils as I walk in the woods. Yes to spring! I'll be back same time, same place next Friday. Without further ado, I'll say thanks to my handsome husband, who believes in love at first sight, our four children who are the result of that belief, the hard-working staff at Toginet Radio, my producer, Sabrina, my guest this week, Renee Tugar, and you, my faithful listeners, especially Hannah, Joel, Anne, Rosemary, Kathleen Esme, Millicent, Margaret, Jacob, Walter, Jane, Olivia, Tina, and oodles of others who are part of my growing audience. Stay tuned all the time and catch lots of great shows to glide you through your day on Toginet. Take care and be safe. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord show you his kindness and have mercy on you. May the Lord watch over you and give you peace. Number 6, 24 to 26. Thank you for joining us for The Sociable Homeschooler with Vivian McNinney on Toginet. The Sociable Homeschooler is Vivian's attempt to help dispel the stereotypical homeschool family. She and her husband have four grown children, ages 24 to 18, who are willing guinea pigs for her foray into homeschooling, the Wildflower Academy, which flourished for 15 years. Vivian is here to be an encourager to all of you who are thinking of homeschooling. 
Plus, you'll have some great ideas on homework, vacations, keeping science projects in the house, and being popular versus popularity. So we'll see you here next Friday for another engaging hour with a sociable homeschooler, Vivian McNinney. Friday afternoons at 5, 4 Central on toginet.com.